Hey, Mr. Sambo, it's slow. Come for fun for the summer. I book a new room because they shut down the other. So grab your things in jam for a dollar. The people love banging when I don't check the cover. So What's going on, everybody? This is Colin Thompson, the host of the Colin Thompson Show. Hope everyone had an awesome 4th of July, a fun, a safe, exciting, however you want to celebrate it, uh, and however you want to handle your day. I hope you had a great 4th of July, a fun American holiday, that's for sure. Jack, what'd you get into, buddy? I, we had a very low-key 4th of July. I told I was back hard at work. You know, the deck, there luck, no injuries this time. We did the fence this weekend around them. We just fried up some wings, kept it pretty low-key, watched some fireworks, and my neighbors always just love to shoot off fireworks. So it's just, we got our own little personal show around us. So it was nice, pretty quiet compared to most years, but I enjoyed it. What about you? Uh, we just hung at the house, man. It was great. I actually end up, let me, I say this July 3rd, we had a party at the house, which was great for just our neighbors and some family and friends that could make it just kept it really small. Uh, it was awesome. Um, you know, so thankful for me this time of year is like kind of crunch time for me training wise and socially. And we'll get in some of that here. But it kind of comes to an end. This is where like the fun was over for me. And now I'm, you know, I'm all in. July 4th is like my day. So I have a good day, have some fun, have some cocktails. Uh, and then that's it. I'm getting ready to go. You know, all the I way. I get a kick out of it. Like you're hard at work for this party. I mean, so like I was telling Kyle, so we run not for long YouTube. I get to see like some people watching videos. And the one day there's just 15 like brisket how to cook. Video. Like this man was locked in. Like it was a Sunday film session or a Monday film session. I'm dialed on the brisket. We did brisket. We did ribs. We did wings. We did. So shout out to Me Church. Shout out to How to Barbecue Right, Malcolm Reed. Shout out to Bama Grillmaster. I spatchcocked and kind of split the chicken three different ways, which was really unique for like a giant chicken wing that sometimes they're hard to cook, right? People that bake a lot of chicken, it doesn't cook all the way through. It gets a little red around the bone. So he splits the chicken drumstick in half and then he takes it and he cuts it. He cuts those pieces in half to create thirds. Right. And then it opens and kind of spatchcocks and lays the chicken down. So we, we smoked the chicken on the Traeger drill, Traeger grill that way. So shout out to Traeger the best. I was a green egg guy and I do love the green egg. Don't get me wrong, but it is so convenient how the temperature on the Traeger always goes back to what you want it to be on. That is so big. If you want to go grab a beer, play some cornhole, do whatever. The green egg, if the wind picks up or something happens, you got to be there to move the egg or change things or slide, you know, the different things that need to be moved to make the heat what it is. Um, so I love the new Traeger. It's been awesome. We had the Blackstone going too. So we smoked the, the wings and then we took them and we crisped them on the Blackstone real quick. So they were money. We did the ribs. They were fantastic. They're so easy to do. Uh, watch a lot of meat church and watch a lot of how to barbecue, right? Our former guest, Malcolm Reed to talk about that and then did uh brisket overnight and then uh, wrapped it. Once we got the bark, we wanted to have, we, you know, have on it, took the trimming. So we kept everything from the brisket and made like a, a brisket tallow, a beef tallow out of it, which is like a gold liquid fat essentially. And then poured it back on the brisket for some juice, sliced it up. It was unbelievable. So we did that. We did a little sausage on flat top. We had salads. People dropped the ball. They forgot, you know, mac and cheese. <laughs> I had family show up late because they were partying around town having a good time, which I don't blame them. It was a beautiful day in Annapolis. So they, you know, they were supposed to bring coleslaw and shrimp salad. So end of the day, it was a great time, Jack. 
and uh you know got to break in kind of the new bar at the house which was awesome so it sounds like i'm missing out it sounds like you really are running a whole restaurant back there you got like three whole set of that's really impressive that, well listen i i you know i i think next year we'll have to have a colin thompson show not for long media we'll, we'll, we're gonna have a party re re regardless here as you know we've had our big kind of first team meeting of what's to come in the future here last week and there's a lot of great things coming i've been saying it for a while now but things take time um a lot of different hosts everyone's got different jobs and you know shout out to jack the team we have because we have an unbelievable group where we're getting north of 10 12 15 almost 20 quote unquote i don't want to say employees but you know friends of the podcast here that are actually working and making these things go behind the scenes and making all of us look much prettier than we are that's for sure especially me and brian so um you know shout out to our team because we have a now a legit unit <laughs> of people <laughs> moving and working and uh excited for the future and you know very lucky so we're excited and and honestly we're very excited to have awesome partnerships with us here not for long media making this thing go we're very fortunate shout out to the original fudge kitchen it's fourth of july it's the holidays send somebody some freaking fudge <laughs> i mean what that's that's the best gift don't send anybody some you know the twenty dollars you know the grandmother sends you that you're going to end up spending on what at the movie theater on like one box of candy <laughs> spend 20 bucks on some fudge you get two boxes of fudge probably or a, at least a box of fudge some saltwater taffies the whole nine they ship it right to your front door nothing better nothing better my dad came over from jersey for the party he brought the fudge we could have just shipped it to the house brought the fudge we were crushing that late night everyone was just like this is so sweet did they just make it it is so fresh the way they wrap in the wax paper is the best way to keep things fresh so shout out to the original fudge kitchen fudgekitchens.com they ship fudge and sweet treats across the country. Dude, I can't wait. Dude. I can't wait, man. I mean, I go down to the shore on Sunday. I can finally get some fudge. I mean, I was down in LBI last week or last month, and unfortunately, they didn't have any fudge kitchens down there. So now I finally get to hit a beach that's got not one, but two fudge kitchens. Ocean City, I mean, New Jersey. It's beautiful. They have a brand new fudge kitchen there. So we're going to be sending a box of fudge to our man, Steven Stallings, who's coming on the podcast this week. We're so jacked up to have Steve on. I've got to know Steve and his family through my father-in-law, Fred Dupree. His dad and Fred, my father-in-law, played golf together at LSU. Uh, and her buddies went to the Kentucky Derby with their family a couple of years ago. Had a fantastic time with them. And Steve and I kind of hit pro sports together at the same time and had different periods of sputtering out and trying to make it and we're very fortunate to have great family and friends that support us. We talked about that on the podcast. We talked about his travels around kind of minor league golf and trying to make it and last minute call-ups and all the things that happen that people don't get to see when they turn the TV on and, you know, getting opportunities to play in big matches like he, you know, has coming up this weekend. Perfect timing. Last week we had Taylor Cummings on right before she started the women's world cup and they're off to a hot start undefeated so far. Of course they are. They're the best team. And then, that was great timing. And then this week we have Steven Songs come on. He's getting ready to play in the Barbersall Championship purse, $3.7 million. That's pretty good. The winner walks away with 666000 So So uh, really cool event going on that's going to be played in Kentucky out of the European Tour and the PGA Tour. It's pretty cool. Uh, July 7th to the 10th, uh, Keen Trace Golf Club Championship Trace course. So excited to uh, have you guys listen to the episode with Steven. That you guys are really going to enjoy it again talking about the grind behind the scenes of the golf world everybody sees what it takes to be great or what it not what it takes to be great or what they see what greatness looks like for these guys that are bringing home ridiculous purses 
but for the guys at the bottom of the league, like myself, or the guys that are bottom of golf, like Steve, they're trying to find their way in and stick and make it. To me, they're their most interesting stories. Uh, they're all interesting. Everybody has a grind and a path, but maybe they're a story that are least told. So that's why they're you know the most interesting to me, and I fit in that role. So they find interesting places for me. So go check out Steve and guys. You can buy tickets. Seat Geek, twenty bucks off any ticket over fifty bucks. Use promo code Colin Thompson, C O I N T H O M P S O N. Colin Thompson, my full name, Colin with one L, Thompson with a P. Seat Geek, twenty bucks off. Help us help you. Twenty bucks off any ticket to any event. SeatGeek's got events and tickets to everything across the entire world. Use promo code Colin Thompson. Help us help you. And not for long media and the Colin Thompson show. All right, Jack. So there's a new segment going on here at Not For Long Media. I'm making this more personal. We talked about this in our in our group meeting. Make it more personal. People don't even hear me talk about sports all the time. I'm bringing to you live the newest segment here at Not For Long Media and the Colin Thompson Show, and that's the bar of the week. That is the bar of the week. People know me. Listen to the show. Shocker, I like to go to the bar, have a couple of cold beers. That's not a shot. That's not a hot take. That is not a hot take. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pick a bar of the week for the next 52 weeks, I'll, I'll pick it until the segment runs out. So next July 4th, we'll have T-shirts made of every bar on a map that we decide is the bar of the week. People can tweet in their bar of the weeks. I can go to it and rate it and do the whole system. We have a rating process. You'll come to find out. I encourage you to rate bars and restaurants the same way we do. My wife and I will sit at a bar. We'll talk about the TVs. Is the beer cold? How's the service? And then food and the ambiance. They're the four categories because some bars don't have food. Some bars have food and awesome ambiance, whatever that may be. And you get rated one through five, five being the best one or zero being the absolute worst. But honestly, if you're making this list, you're, you're, you're getting fours, three, fours or fives on everything. I try to be strict as possible on the ratings. So you're looking at like a day Portnoy Barstool sports vibe with the pizzas. That's where we're going with it. Um, and a place that I'm going to get in today is a high rated place. But the reason why I did this is because I'll be honest with you, I grew up sitting in a bar. This may sound bad, but it's true. And it's real with my dad and my dad and I would spend quality time together. He'd have a day at work and you know, we would go to a bar restaurant and we wait for my mom to get back. Cause my mom would be working until seven and he would take me there at six and we'd sit out and hang out and he'd get me an appetizer and you have two or three cold beers. And we you talk about, you know, the TVs and the service and, you know, good food and good people. And I got to learn a lot of, a lot of different things growing up in Key West, Florida. I'm wearing the half shell raw bar hat. That will definitely be on our list for the bar of the week. I grew up at a bar soul there. I saw a lot of good things. I saw a lot of bad things. I saw how to act. I saw how not to act. I saw how to treat the service industry people. Well, I saw what traveling's about communication, talking to people that are older than me, talking to people and keeping people entertained. And that's been honestly a lot to do with the business that I've been in. I don't think I make it to, you know, the NFL, at least the social side of it without all that exposure. So it's kind of a business in the service industry that's near and dear to my heart. So I said, shit, why don't I talk about it? And we're going to do the bar of the week here at the Colin Thompson show. So the bar of the week this week is Davis's pub in Annapolis, Maryland, Davis's pub in Annapolis, Maryland. It's in Eastport. It's your neighborhood bar of Annapolis of Eastport. It's a fantastic place that NASA George showed me a couple of years back. And we absolutely love it. Outdoor seating, indoor seating, it's 30 yards, 20 yards in the water. There's dogs outside. It's a cool, clean dive bar vibe inside with the Navy stuff and the Maryland stuff and 
all the local guys that were like referees in the NFL have their cleats hanging up and there's lacrosse sticks everywhere. And it's a, it's a cool bar. Your food network's been there. So overall starting most importantly, cold beer, we're giving it a four out of five TVs, four out of five. And again, guys, this is like really good. If you're a five out of five, it's the greatest in the world. <laughs> the greatest in the world you've ever seen. One of them. So four out of five on the TVs, four out of five on the cold beer, four out of five on the service, unbelievable bartenders, great, great bartenders. And then overall in the food and the ambiance, both super strong. So we're going to go four out of five. So 16 out of 20 for Davis's pub, Annapolis, Maryland. Check it out. That's our bar of the week here at the Colin Thompson show. Shout out to Davis's pub for always taking care of us. And I really, now, let me ask, Is pricing. Do you, are you going to factor in pricing at all? Like say you go to a place like really great, but they have the most outrageous prices on a beer. They won't so make it. They won't that. make it. If, yeah. if you're going to be charging that much money, you're not going to make it. Unless you're on the beach somewhere or you're somewhere where you're like, you know what? I can justify this. It's worth it. Yes. That's why I can't go to Vegas, Jack. Can't afford it. <laughs> I, need a, I, need a, I need a second. Uh, I, need a, I need a signing bonus. You know, you need to go with the guy that makes like the most money in the NFL at their position. That's who you go to Vegas with. But the places I hang out, Jack, either the happy hour, like Key West, like beers are expensive, right? But if you go to happy hour, they're all half off or they're buy one, get one free, which is the same thing. So, yeah. When you become of age, Jack, and we start doing this world, I'll, I'll introduce you. I'll take you under my <laughs> wing like my dad took me, and I'll show you a good time, meet a lot of great people and people that get been guests on our podcast, people that sponsor our podcast, and you get to see it all. It's been really cool for us. So the Bar of the Week this week is Davis's Pub in Annapolis, Maryland. Stay tuned for next week. Bar of the Week. We'll take suggestions, and we'd love to see people's ratings at different bars that they go to. We're going to go TVs, cold beer, or good drinks, cold beer, service, food, and ambiance. They're the four categories. Check them out. Send us your rating. What do you got, Jack? I'm going to say, before we switch gears and we're still on this non-football vibe, I feel like I need to get, before we lose track and before we bury the lead, 4th of July, hot take. I wouldn't say hot takes. Quick quick hitters, I guess is what we would call these quick hitters that I have cooked up for you this for, for this past weekend. Let's we'll get them, Jack. One. Let's see what you got. First one, we got hot dog or cheeseburger, which is your 4th of July go-to. I think for 4th of July, you got to go with the hot dog. That may be the one time a year I do have a hot dog. So I'm going to say hot dog. Cold beer or a mixed drink? Cold beer. Now, we did have some orange crushers yesterday that were fantastic. Freshly squeezed, made them with the orange crushers. So it's a tough one for me. But off the top of my head, I got to say cold beer. Cornhole or horseshoes? What's that, what's that game you're playing with that with that okay. orange crushing? Everyone's into, everyone's into cornhole now. It's the thing. And I love cornhole. Don't get me wrong. But horseshoes is the OG. So I'm all in on horseshoes. I feel like we might have a little bit of a spoiler based on what you were talking about earlier. Ribs or brisket? Brisket. A well-cooked brisket. Nothing touches it, a well-cooked brisket. No, it's opinion. unbelievable. 12, 14-hour cook. Yeah, no doubt. Now, are you a fireworks person? Are you big Absolutely fireworks? not. I'm out on fireworks. They're done. They're done. The it has nothing to do with what's going on in the world today. I'm talking about everywhere you everywhere you go now it's like chaos it, you're i'm gonna live in this great town in annapolis maryland it's a fantastic place right i've lived in cape may i've been very fortunate right we need to have one set of fireworks like here's what they're gonna happen here's where they go there's people lighting them in the middle of the street I, and i get that i'm not saying the party's not great i'm trust me every question here has been having beers and having a good time i'm all about that but it's like getting chaotic now it's getting literally chaos the worst we had some part dogs I mean, Jay, the lovely Jay Brad in the back, shout Justin Bradley and I, the one thing we agree on every 4th of July for the last three years, it's just we are sick of seeing people. It's almost like when they go to concerts, 
45 Snapchat stories or Instagram stories from one person posting all the fireworks. I'm on the same page, man. I am on the same page. Next, all right. Watermelon eating contest or hot dog eating contest? So I know, Jack, I'm going to get us pushed back here on that other meeting. We had 10 minutes so we can go. Um, Watermelon or hot dog eating? Listen, the hot dog eating contest is, is, listen, again, I love a hot dog. I just said that, but that's ridiculous. And that's punishment. It's like, it's like 40 something thousand calories. I don't even know what they're doing. Joey Chestnut is unreal. I mean, that's an all time. That's like a Michael Jordan shot over the Utah Jazz type performance with a whatever, a torn tendon in his leg, putting a protester in a chokehold while he's still winning. He still won with all of that. Unbelievable. So I'm going to go watermelon over hot dog. All right. Ice cream or water ice? Ice cream. All right. And then we got lemonade or sweet tea. There is nothing better on this planet than fantastic sweet tea. <laughs> nothing better. You can't. Yeah, there's, 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 years in, there's years in Florida and Carolina have taught, have treated you well with the sweet tea. I assume a lot of Arnold Palmer action going on in Florida. A lot of sweet tea in Carolina. A lot of sweet tea in Carolina. You texted me, Jack. So we got the bar out of the week. Bar of the week done. The first one. And again, that's not in any order. Davis's is one of my favorite bars. Don't get me wrong, but it's not in any order. The hat I'm wearing right here, Half Shar All Bar, is my favorite place on the planet. A lot of nostalgia, a lot of memories. Uh, okay, Jack. So we did the Fourth of July trivia. We did Bar of the Week. We have Stephen Stallings coming up. We talked about our friends over at Seat Geek, Colin Thompson Show. Twenty dollars off. How are you? How about a little bit of money? Save a little bit of money. The market's not that great right now, folks. Shocker. Save a little <laughs> bit of money. You're going to an event. Twenty bucks off. Help us help you, Colin Thompson Show. Our friends at the original Fudge Kitchen, shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country, fudgekitchen.com. It's the holiday season. It's the summer. Send yourself some sweet some sweet freaking fudge, man. It's ridiculous. Or get down there and swing in and grab them. Tell them we said hi. Colin Thompson Show, not for long media. Jack. And we're going to talk. We're going to have Adam Brenneman back on. Okay, the king of the young king. Hot take. The young king of college football right now. Like, he's taken off. He's doing a great job. Absolute stud. We've had him on the pod very recently. What's up with college football right here? <laughs> Listen, folks, it's over. It's over. So adapt to the new one or just don't watch it. The product's going to be fantastic. That's the end of the day. Well, I hear the whole thing of NIL ruined it and all this stuff ruined it. It was happening anyways. There's so much money. There's such big business. You can't have one thing and not all of it, right? You can't have coaches who can leave in $50 million buyouts and then no one else gets a piece and the NCAA gets it all. Some point in time, people are going to push back and say, I want a little bit of everything. We need a little bit of everything. Pay the players a little bit. There's extreme versions, folks, but that's not everybody. So everyone calm down, right? That's not everybody. College football is still college football. You're going to be dying and staring at the TV in October and everyone's going to be tweeting about the Auburn-Alabama game. Nothing's going to change. They're just making some money now. So everyone pump the brakes. It's not going to change. The one thing that is changing, though, is conferences. And if you're a fan of the SEC and you're a fan of the Big Ten, Godspeed. Because, man, how much fun is this going to be? I love it. It's happening. So just embrace it instead of complaining about it. Because there's people that I've talked to. Obviously, the playoffs are going to expand, right? 10, 12, whatever that number is. I'm also hearing, too, there may be no more. Of the NCAA. Now, the NCAA is still going to exist, but I could see the Power Five creating their own thing. 
right? It's, it's, I'm not, you know, that's rumors. That's whatever. That's from, you don't, it's not fact. That's an opinion with some sources involved. So take it for what it's worth. Take it for what it's worth. Hot take, not really, but also a little bit of sorcery. Now that's, what are your I mean, thoughts on all this chaos? I mean, in general, I'm not against the big power conferences. The thing that's in my brain that doesn't make sense is the logistics and locations of it all. That's like, what I'm saying. Why you got to drop like- all that. People got to drop all that. If you could play an NFL game, what's the difference? We fly out. Okay. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. I love you, Jack. So I'm Penn State or I'm playing Temple State, right? And we're playing Penn State, for example. They're playing USC. They'll fly right out of State College. They fly private. It's a five-hour flight to the West Coast. It's no big deal. They're going to play. They're going to take off Friday. So they're going to miss classes on Friday. And they got to do the stuff online anyways. And now everything's online. So what's the big deal there? They're rolling. You go out to USC, you land. It's the same thing in the NFL. That's my thing. Like, if you can make people do it in the NFL that get paid, these guys are getting paid. They're flying first class anyways. What's the difference? It's changing. Everyone's got to strip it down. Once West Virginia went in the Big 12 anyways, I'm like, all right, it's over. Like, you can't have a team. Like, Temple almost got in the Big 12. Cincinnati's in the big, going to be in the Big 12. Now Orlando, UCF's in the Big 12. So that was like the beginning, and that really didn't bother everybody. But now USC and UCLA going to the Big 10 screws everybody up. On a side note, and I'm just spewing all the stuff that's coming in my head because Jack's the man. That's why he's the best, best producer and co-host in the game. He texted me and said, we got to talk Big Ten. Is every game is going to be huge now for USC and UCLA. Like UCLA, Michigan State has got an awesome ring to it. Like USC, Penn State, awesome ring to it. The Rose Bowl is going to happen every year now. That's going to be the conference championship game. It's going to be awesome. They're going to play it out west, just like everything's going out west, right? The NFL combine will eventually go there. There's two, there's you could have four NFL teams in LA. So I digress. I'm sorry to cut you off, Jack. Please continue about the geographic stuff. It's just, I feel like it's going to take, I mean, you kind of save the first class and everything will take away from it. I just still feel, I mean, I guess I'll leave it to the expert. I'm not an NFL player. I wasn't a player in a major conference. No, but speak your mind, though. But that's another pet peeve. And I, you know, Speak your mind. You have your own opinion. Just because I play or whatever, that doesn't make it any greater. It's whatever. I just Maybe feel I- like it would take a big toll on players. Like, if, for example, like a team, let's say Penn State, or not even Penn State, Michigan, I think is the better example. Michigan has to f- say, I, however, in like three years, they have a schedule where they have to go. They play somebody out of conference week one. Then week two, they're all out west to USC. And then week three, they have to go all the way to Rutgers, like out in Jersey. Like, I just feel like, it's taking, it's a big travel tool. And then you also think the NFL aspect, like, all right, well, you have to look at a team like Dallas, who's in technically in the NFC East, but is nowhere near any of them. So they have to fly to Philly and then they could go play the Rams. So I guess it's almost like a leap for these guys in the sense of like, this is what they're going to expect if they, if they make it to that next level. So, I mean, when you bring that sense into it, I guess it kind of makes more sense and like kind of helps with that. I also think I'm just concerned about how this will hurt the lesser programs, the less money making programs. They're done. They're done. You better get hot now. If you're one of these teams that are like, like, there was rumors about Temple going to the Big Twelve while we were in, while we were in it, right? Houston, Temple, UCF, Cincinnati, the teams that were good at the top of the American. When I think the Americans at the best, Navy was good. There was like three or four teams that weren't good at the time. Everybody was like ranked. It was like a very unique period. A lot of NFL players, and it's kind of dipped off. There's still high end talent in that league. Obviously, UCF, Houston, and and. uh Cincinnati are leaving, right? ECU at that time was really good. They had the wideouts, the quarterbacks. like the, They had some good players. Everybody did to some extent. So 
the league's not what it used to be, but Temple went down, so they missed that window of going to the Big 12. So they're they're I don't know they got to win. You ha- whoever can win these next one one two three years could actually help you get bumped in. Someone will be like, all right, we'll take you into one of our conferences. We need twenty teams. So I think it's going to be great. I think it needed to change anyways to some degree. It was kind of outgrowing the current model. So I wouldn't be shocked if the season went longer. I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't play any opening kickoff games versus a D one double A team anymore. Um, so it could get more prestigious more room for error now maybe two three four losses can still make a champion like a true champion now in the big 12 or they're going to take the top four teams in the big 12 right they're automatically going to be in or excuse me the big 10 the big 10 the northeast and out west so i I, again we could sit here all day and do this i want to save it for an episode i want to get to the stephen stallings episode but it's good stuff out of you jack anything else in the big 10 before we go I'm interested. Well, I mean, in, in terms of the conference alignment, I don't know if you saw this morning, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado are reportedly meeting with the Big 12 today. Or not which, yeah, be, today. which, again, that's like the bottom part of the country. It's going to be unique. It's going to be unique. It's like the big money schools that want to get out of the of the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 is not holding itself up, right? That's not a hot take. That's us real. The SEC is dominant. The Big Ten's dominant. It's got high-end teams. We're going to see what happens. Like, who's going to scoop up UNC? Like, who's going to take – What's what, how's the ACC going to work? So. Listen, if, it, if that gives us a yearly Clemson, Alabama, and a yearly Michigan, Notre Dame, like – Yeah, where'd Clemson go? The SEC would be doing cartwheels to have Clemson. <laughs> South Carolina's like, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, listen, I get it. I get – like the old days of college football and the old days of college basketball and the old NFL, I get that, folks. I get that. There's that crowd that's like, yes, please take it back to what it used to be. And I understand. I'm all for it. Like I'm a diehard Flyers fan because of what they did in the 90s, 2000s, and early 2010s. But like the things need to change in Philly, right, for the Flyers. Like things need absolutely. to change. So like the whole league has changed. Watch the, watch the NHL playoffs. Like the whole league has absolutely changed. Like it's a, it's a track meet. So – my point is, change is inevitable. Yes, it's hard, but there's been change happening for a really, really long time, and it's all worked out to be okay, and the viewership's more than it's ever been times a bazillion. So the whole crowd of no one watches the NFL anymore, that's BS. Check the numbers. And the whole crowd of you know no one's going to be dialed into this new college football because players are getting paid too much and coaches and all that crap. People will be sitting in front of their TVs on in the fall on Saturdays and Sundays. I guarantee you. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Jack in the back. Appreciate you as always, buddy. We got what just came up there. I don't think any, I don't know if we had anything. Okay, that was interesting. Sorry, we just had something pop up in the background there in the chat section. So I don't know what that was. Oh, we have a comment. That's what okay. But it's uh something else. So we're gonna move on and we're gonna keep moving. So again. Our friends over at SeatGeek, promo code Colin Thompson, 20 bucks off. Our friends over at Fudge Kitchen, fudgekitchens.com. You know what to do. You know what to do. Ship it across the country, Fudge and Sweet Treats, fudgekitchens.com with an S. That's Jack in the back. Thank you so much to our team for making this possible. Stay tuned to Not For Long Media. We've got some big hitters joining us here, some future podcasts, some podcasts being built. It's going to be an awesome time for Not For Long Media. Colin Thompson show moving forward. The bar of the week, the first one. Shout out to Davis's Pub. Now we're going to send over to Stephen Stallings. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Steve, good luck this weekend in the Barbersall Championship. We'll be watching, supporting. Again, thank you so much for coming on, Steve. Enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. Can't
All right, guys, another fun guest here at Not For Long Media. Appreciate uh, Stephen Stallings joining us. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, and really enjoy being on the show. Oh, thanks, man. It's something that's been a work in progress for a while. Uh, full disclosure, my father-in-law played golf with your dad at LSU. Yes. Yep. They okay. were roommates, I think, for a year. There you go. So roommates. And then Steve and I went to the Derby together a couple of years ago. That was fun. You guys are a Derby family, man. How did that start? Like, is that something you like always have been a part of your family? Like, Hey, we're going to the Derby when you move to, you know, that area. Um, yeah, I mean, that goes back to my great grandpa and grandpa. I mean, my grandpa was huge in the horse racing. So he just always was living at the track and he just kind of got that into my dad. So, um, we're, I mean, I haven't gone and I haven't gone since the year we went uh, because I've normally been out of town. But uh, my family pretty much goes every year. My dad's for sure there. It's uh, just something that's been ingrained in my family for generations. Yeah, it was cool. I, I remember last time when we went, there was a kid behind us that hit like something exact. That, like after the Derby, there was one more race after the Derby, and the kid won like fifteen grand or something like that. I was like, man, like. <laughs> What an absolute, yeah. absolute luck of the draw. Like he's like, I just pick random numbers and they hit. So hey, good for him. He's in a I'm, yeah, there I'm, was some nice paydays at, at Derby, especially this year with Rich Strike. So yeah. So do you know any like crazy paydays? Like, is that something like you guys talk about like in your family? Like, hey, so and so made a bunch of money on this. Well, I mean, I forget what Rich Strike won it, but he was at least like 50 to one. So like I mean, I think some guys I heard over won over a hundred K and they didn't have to put up that much money to get it. So, yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, what are you willing to wager? Crazy. What are you willing to wager? So, yeah. not about the ponies, though. Where are you at now, man? I know you're traveling, you're playing all these different tours. Where are you at now? Um, I'm actually in Louisville right now. Um, I got back, uh, I did the Travelers Monday qualifier, didn't play too well. So, I flew to Kentucky and I'm um, staying here and uh, just waiting to, uh, I'm going to drive up to Illinois for the John Deere Classic Monday. So, okay. uh, I didn't fly back to Florida because it's just easier to drive from here. Okay, can you fill, you know, our audience in on kind of where you're at in your career right now, golf wise? Like, where are you in the golf sphere? Yeah, so um, I've I spent the year playing uh, Latin uh, America. So I spent ten of the first four months, ten weeks out in the first four months of the year playing down in South America. Um, so just that tour is kind of better explain it as like double A baseball um, compared in the golf so um by playing down there you get a good schedule um you play week to week um and yeah and you you if you play well you have a chance if you finish top 10 in the money list you can get the final stage of Q, uh corn Ferry q school which help status for the next year so it's a a way to to build status um but i also there's other ways too um but i also uh and I have uh, I got an invite into the American Express early in the year in January, uh, and I finished top twenty-five, which got me FedEx Cup points, which also uh, allows me to play in some Monday qualifiers and try to chase FedEx if I can get starts to chase FedEx Cup FedEx Cup points. And if you get a certain amount of points, you quietly now they don't put it uh, out on the internet or anything, but you silently add up points, and if you finish at the numbers like top 200 gets you into corn Ferry playoffs where in corn Ferry playoffs if you finish 25 for a three event series um you uh get your pga tour card so uh it's just a lot of different options to try so it's just a grind to bounce it around just trying to play wherever you can to try to get on the big stage i hear you man i hear you i remember 
you know, we were trying to, we were talking through your, I was in transition. I was with the bears at the time when I was with you guys, but I remember just talking to my father-in-law, Fred Dupree, you played at LSU, was an all American there and talking about, you know, you finding your niche and you got to find your, you know, kind of your, 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 he's been in your situation. He was in your situation, played in all these different tours, you know, played in Europe, played in Asia, played in Canada, and just trying to find a spot on a tour and a home. And it's the same in football for me. Like I just needed to get in somewhere and then get your feet wet and have a routine because right in the football world, I'm just training for workouts, try to make the team. And it's almost like the same phase where you're at. It's like, well, I'm in this city. I'm out in May. I didn't do that well. So I'm back home. I'm in this city. I did great, but I didn't do well enough to place or make the money or make the team in my case. So it's a grind and you need like parents, you need a house, like you need like stability or you just won't make it. Like I, some of my teammates, I give these guys so much credit how they can stick it out. You know, they don't just point blank, don't have the support that I had off the field because you need that. I wouldn't be in the league without it. I mean, talk about the support you have and like the grind and the travel and just like booking flights on your phone and all the things that come with it. Cause I know you're doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, really, uh, and I don't think a lot of people realize if you're not top 50 in the world, uh, you're constantly don't really know your schedule because you don't know if you're getting in events. So, um, like there's even guys like, um, I'm trying to think like a guy like Jason Duffner, he's won a major, I mean, he's not top 50 in the world right now. Like everybody's like, Oh, he's on tour planner, but he's bouncing around. Um, guy named, uh, I played with a guy yesterday, Grayson Murray. He put in, he qualified us open last week, but he's won on tour two years ago. He doesn't even know when his next event is like, so it's just constantly battle. Like, I mean, literally I'll book flights. I'll be one day and I'll get a call. Maybe I go play this event or something like that and literally book a flight on the dime. It's really, it's, it's fun, but it, it kind of sucks too, because it's like, if you get a buddy, it's like, Hey, uh, why don't you come in town for like two days and like three weeks? And I'm like, I, I just can't, I can't like, cause I don't know where I'm going to be. So I, I can't really commit to doing stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, you just got to enjoy the processing and the grind and trying to get better. Um, and you get to go to some cool spots. Like I've been, I've been in all, I've been all over. I think I've been in like 10 different countries now playing golf. So it's been pretty cool seeing new spots. What was your favorite spot along the way? Uh, I mean, when you're playing a PJ tour event, like it's tough to beat the way the events run. So it makes everything a little bit better. Uh, but my favorite country that I've been to is like, I went to Lima, Peru and, couple months ago and i had a great time uh the food was amazing and uh it was just cool seeing all the spots and the golf course it was a fun time people were great so it was a cool experience got to book a guy trip to go play lima peru love that yeah i don't know if you want to play golf there but it'd be good for food i mean the food <laughs> is unbelievable why can i play golf there i'm not good enough no it's just i mean it's like there's so many better spots in the states to play golf than lima peru yeah, well, the golf I mean, course I, was good, but it, it doesn't it doesn't equate to a golf course like in the states. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. I the golf you. courses down in South America tend to be uh, crammed with space, so it's like they're really quirky. It's a bunch of hitting irons between trees. Like it's really nothing like a states golf course because you got trees lined fairways ten yards wide. You're just trying to hit it straight, and instead <laughs> in the states now you're just bombing driver everywhere and just trying to go real low. The game has changed a lot. I'm assuming just in the last couple of years, like DeChambeau, these guys are hitting it so far. What are your thoughts on all that? Like, is that something you're trying to change your game on? Or you're just trying to do what you do best. Um, I mean, I've naturally been a long hitter, so I'm not, I haven't really had to focus on that because that comes natural to me. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's changed where it's changed in the last ten years because um, now you got so many guys that hit it far and they they're really good. So in a week to week basis, it just p- depends who's on. So many different guys could win, um, but you still got to make the putts. Like to be consistent, the top ten players in the world that are consistent are great ball strikers. But to win on that given week, you got to putt. So on a, any given week, somebody can have a ball striking week and they putt well and they normally win. Where if you're a great ball striker. If you don't make putts, you're not going to win. It's as simple as that. Yeah, the consistency with that. What, what do you think, you know, this whole live thing? I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. I'll say this. I'm excited for you because it opens up more opportunities for you to play golf. And, you know, that's one thing I've talked to someone about the other day is, you know, people say the integrity of the game and PGA Tour and all the stuff that goes on overseas, and I get all that. But it's like the XFL, the AAF, like, hey – it just opens up more spots to continue to show what you can do and more opportunities. That's how I took it. Yeah, is it not the NFL? It's not the NFL. No, it's not. The NFL is one of the best leagues, if not the best league in the world, to, put, to go to work. It's unbelievable. But I love the opportunities now. The USFL is offering. There's like four or five different minor league football leagues. Here comes this live league, and they're offering you know $4 million to win a tournament, hundreds of millions of dollars in contracts to players. What's the draw? I don't know all that, but you know, what are your thoughts about that league? Was something you'd ever plan? Uh, I don't know enough information about it, but I mean, it's sure some. Uh, I hear the numbers. I mean, some of these guys are getting paid ten million dollars just yeah. to signing bonus, basically. I mean, I heard uh, Kepka has like fifty, at least fifty million. I mean, it's hard to turn down. I mean, I don't know all the information, so it's hard to really comment if I would go if I got the offer, but. Um, it's it's intriguing. There's a lot of moving parts. I think it's good for the tour because they haven't had any competition and they haven't. I don't personally think they've listened to their players that much in the last 15 years. They've kind of gone the old school route. Um, so I think it's going to bring some good changes. Uh, what they're going to do, I don't know. But I do think the tour is scared because, I mean, they're losing now. They're not losing the top young guys, but they're losing a lot of their personalities and uh, the personalities bring headlines and that's some problems for the tour. So we'll see what they do. Um, no I doubt, saw they man. released some stuff today. Yeah. I mean, there's, they're going to have to respond, right? You got DeChambeau, Pat Reed, answer, Kevin, Nah, Taylor Gooch, Phil Mickelson, Brooks, Kepka, Dustin Johnson. I mean, these are faces of golf. Huge. Yeah. I mean, we're at a newer in golf too, because it's like guys are actually, they're not making the money NFL guys are really making, but, um, in other sports, but they're making enough money where they can retire at like 35 if they wanted to. But I think because of the old school personality in golf, it's not really a thing to retire at 35. So I think you got a lot of guys that want to retire, raise a family, and they don't know how. So I think Liv gave them an option to go ahead and cash out and retire and hang out with the family and pay, play less. That's because really... the tour right, go ahead. the tour right now is just forcing playing down the throat. I mean, you got to play a minimum of 18 events, like. Like a guy like Sergio Garcia, why does he want to play 18 events? He's already – he's 40-something years old. He's already done it. He's got two young kids. He wants to spend more time at home. So um, I think it gives him a way out and to retire a little bit early. That's a great point. And, you know, they always mention that – oh, it's so many different now, right? I think it's like 40 – I have the number here somewhere. I can't find it right now. But it's like 40-plus, mid-40s. Like say 45 events a year, I think it is. 48. Could be wrong. 52 weeks. For the in tour? A, yeah. I don't think I think it's in its thir- I think it's in the 30s. I could be wrong. 
I, I, someone, I looked at her up the other day. It's a real good prep by me. And I put it down because I heard someone say it. And I knew you and I were going to interview it. I'm like, this will be interesting to get your opinion. But I think it was mid-40s what I heard. Now, I could be dead wrong. I'm not saying you have to go to one. Um, but it was just interesting that they they have 54 events a year, I think it is, on the PGA Tour. And it's like, wow, not 54, excuse me, 44. Something in that mid-40s. I'm like, that's a huge number. That's That sounds right, yeah. That's a big commitment. So, I mean – that's a two-month off-season. Now, it's unique, right? Guys are building in their own off-season. They're missing those tour events. But then the other events, like, get just diluted and watered down. That was my challenge. When we, we talked about the Masters on here. I'm like, well, why aren't they all like this? Now, I get it's the Masters and all these different things, but why not? It's so built up. There's so much advertising for it. There's huge names in it. There's brands around it. There's celebrities there. It's it's a it's a icon. Now, the U.S. Open is fun and it's entertaining, but – I don't know. I put I drop what I'm doing to watch the Masters. I don't drop what I'm doing to watch the U.S. Open. I will put it on. Don't get me wrong, but there's my point is really what I'm getting back to is your statement about they have not listened to the players. I think the NFL really does a great job of listening to their players. Has it got them in a great place? Yes. People say, "Oh no, you know the product and all the whole fans that say I don't watch the NFL thing. I don't believe it. It's crap. The ratings are higher now than they ever been times two. So. They listen to their players and they make adjustments and you need anything, they're going to find a way to get it done or they're going to give you a reason why they didn't get it done. The PGA Tour is like kind of done the old school approach. Like this is how we've always done things. You got to adapt or die, in my opinion. And listen, competitive's good. There's more drama. There's more interest. That's what golf needs. Tiger Woods gave it to him on a platter. Without Tiger Woods, you and I probably aren't even talking right now because these all the ferry tour, corn ferry tour, Canadian tour, European tour, they just don't have the same juice. Now – it tri- the trickle-down effect from Tiger's massive. I'm all over the place with that, but I just want to comment that I think you got to listen to your players more. No, I, I agree, and they, they hide everything, too. It's kind of – I mean, we're, we're not in the day and age, I think, with fantasy, and you got to embrace the the uh, the betting, I think, the gambling. So you got to be a little bit more uh, open to the public. I mean, even if that means throwing some of your players under the bus, it just um, – it's something that they're going to have to do. Um yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It um, will be. I mean, I think golf's really struggling to find an identity uh, in the post-Tiger area, era because, I mean, they were so ready, like right after Tiger. I mean, Ms. Rory's, I don't know how popular he would be, but the reason he got so popular is people were ready to crown him the next Tiger. And um, he kind of just has kept, stayed there, where now you got like Scotty Scheffler. He's the number one player in the world, and people – U.S. Open, you didn't even know who he was. I mean, he flew under the radar. He even made that comment in a press conference. He's like, he said, I was the number one player. In the, I'm the number one player in the world, and it's almost like you all forgot about me. Um, and he goes and gets second. I mean, as they're searching for a player that's a little bit of everything. They don't want the uh, the perfect guy. They want somebody that's a little polarizing and shows some emotion. So we'll see what happens with that. And, and to be honest with you, like, I'm not so sure we'll ever have that guy again with the way the golf, the game golf's changed because you got so many different guys that can compete now and win on any given week. That's a great point. There's a lot of even talent. No, I mean, look what baseball's gr- driven into. And uh, someone who was a Phillies fan and they had star players and they were put on mountains in Philadelphia by the Philadelphia media, but not by the MLB. The MLB, I mean, you turn on games around the league, like look at highlights on ESPN. Like there's no one in the stands unless it's like, yeah. I mean, even the Yankees games aren't even full, right? And Yankees are best team in the AL or whatever they are. But the point is this, you know, to me, it's just get busy, busy living or get busy dying, especially in the sports world, because someone's going to find a way to compete with it and live saying, hey, listen, 
I want to do this. I thought the one thing I heard um, Scott Van Pelt talking on the Rich Eisen show this week, I just you know punched it in this morning just to learn about different things. And I want, kind of want to hear that topic, and they weren't talking about it because Brooks Kepka just came out that Brooks was going over to live. And they were talking about it yesterday, and he's like, you know, this is kind of what Scott said in a way. Is it, is it interesting? What's the sell for live? They're winning a lot of money. Yes. It's a 54 hole shotgun. Like, is that a sellable market? I don't know if I'm interested in that. Is it a topic of conversation? Like, are people really consuming it? He said the people that he talked to and the most people that I've talked to, like they, they didn't watch it on YouTube. And then, you know, the loyalty is for sale, right? Everyone's got a number. So, you know, you're loyal to something for so long. There's a million ways to consume golf now. Any sport. You know, I don't know if it's going to last with YouTube or what's going on. How's that affected like down in, to, you know, the level that you're playing at? Like, is there visual? Like, is there, is it on TV? Like, is it, is it, is the business size of it reaching to even a lower level of golf? Um, I mean, there's sponsors, but there's no TV. I mean, uh, the tour limits, I think the corn ferry to like only like nine events a year. Um, is it, it's kind of weird because they put it on golf channel and the golf channel I don't understand it, but they have to pay Golf Channel to put it on. You would think it would be the opposite. But uh, whenever PJ, from what I was told, and I could be wrong about this, when the PJ Tour is broadcasted on Golf Channel, the PJ Tour is paying for um, that TV coverage. Now, granted, when it's on CBS, NBC, they're paying the tour, but when it's on Golf Channel. So um, Latin was on TV down there, but it wasn't on TV in the States. Um, but everything else, I mean, there's tons of Twitter. There's a lot of sp- – a lot of like um, small sports uh, marketing people that pick it up and journalists. So, I mean, it's definitely growing, but it's still not mainstream. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. Lives is going to be an interesting thing. I, I had to ask you yeah. that question because it's, I mean, it's the number one thing. It's it, To me, it's put golf back on the map. It's great. A little drama. Yeah. I mean, mean, no one knows. They got, they have no plan. They're just throwing money around and it's, it's hysterical. And the guys are loving it because the players are saying, hey, listen. Like the funny part is you got a guy like Brooks who's like ripping Phil Nicholson for going over there. And now a week later he's going over there. So your loyalty and your everything for sale. Uh, you know, but here's a general question for you, because again, I've talked about you bouncing around. You're trying to find a way in. You've had success ups, downs. Everybody has in the profession. I just know that just from being in it and just, it's obvious, right? So how have you stayed afloat? How have you stayed relevant in this business? Well, I mean, it's really just having a good support team. I mean, that's uh, my parents have helped me out a lot. Um, I've had some good sponsors. Uh, so it's it's just kind of like going day to day, work for my coaches, work for my sponsors, just trying to um, create good relationships and networking. I mean, that's really kind of everything. And then make sure I try to get better every day. I mean, is it if you're not trying to get better, I mean, you're you're losing you're losing ground. So I mean, that's the key. I mean, you don't want to stay complacent and. And it's also like just in life in general, it's like you got to be rounded off the course. So, I mean, I've really tried to focus on relationships, networking, and uh, um, just have a good support group around me. What's next for you here moving forward? Um, I'm playing. Uh, yeah, go ahead. In the in the short term. So, so in the short term, uh, so it's just getting um, – I'm going to be chasing PJ Tour Mondays uh, for the next five weeks, try to see if I can get enough FedEx Cup points. Um, to see if I can sneak in the top 200 or maybe do even better than that. Um, I uh, have a sponsor exemption in the Barbersell Championship in uh, two weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. So I don't want to have to Monday that week. So that's a good opportunity for have a good week and to see what happens and maybe uh, gain some more status. We'll see how it goes. 
you're gonna win. You're gonna win one. I got the hot take meter here. We get yeah. not for long media. Colin Thompson show effect. If you come on the show, you're gonna be successful. It's just what's 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 what happens. So we're gonna get it out there. The good juju that you're gonna win one here. Let's transition back though. Let's go back to your childhood. Um, let's go back to you know how you fell in love with golf and then transition through high school and then you're a Kentucky Wildcat. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I was born in Louisville, and I, I mean, my dad played golf, so like I always had a club around me i don't think i really liked the sport that much uh, i would i would go play with him um i played every sport whatever was in season i played football basketball lacrosse uh baseball played everything and then uh got to middle school and kind of started picking a little bit um around seventh eighth grade and uh i was kind of down between lacrosse football and golf going into high school and uh golf and football were the same uh uh, the same season and uh, the last couple of years and in, in, in the summer, I was playing a lot of golf, with a lot of friends and just fell in love with it and uh, decided to choose golf and just kind of went from there um, and then just worked really hard. Um, just uh, I'm fortunate with my dad just helping me out. And he also had a lot of great contacts in the game. Uh, so he, he got me in front of the right people where I could grow and, and get better. Uh, went to St. Xavier, which was a, pretty good uh we're pretty good golf school i mean we had i think my senior year on the team we had about 10 guys go d1 mm. um on that team so uh it was a good atmosphere to be around uh justin thomas was two years ahead of me in school so i got to see somebody at the top of the level um and and look what i could possibly be um and then uh just kept got getting better uh got some college looks uh took numerous visits and uh took a while, but I decided to stay home in Kentucky. And, uh, so I went to Kentucky, uh, had a great time for four years, uh, had some good coaches, had a great team, made a lot of memories and, uh, just kept trying to get better in golf and, uh, give myself an opportunity to turn pro when I graduated. When you turn pro and you're in that transition transition phase between, you know, coming a college player and a pro, is this something that you're saying, I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to make this. Or now you look back and you say, man, I'm actually doing better than I thought. Um, I, I don't really know. I mean, I thought I, I, I mean, I look back and I realize how young and dumb I was really. <laughs> I mean, I, it's just so much, I got so much more maturity now and, and I'm more relaxed about situations. So like, I don't, like I used to get all worked up about certain things and, now I'm not just kind of let it go with the process, but it's like, I mean, I realized I probably didn't realize how good I was back then. Now I have that confidence. Um, but it's also like, I've always been looking at every level, um, going up from high school to college. It always took me a couple years to really get into the groove of things and seeing how it was. So like, like when in college, my freshman, sophomore year, I, I was good. I was playing. Um, but I wasn't at the level I needed to be. And then, after seeing that for two years and getting the handle handle of it all, the light bulb kind of clicked. And it's kind of been that with pro golf. I mean, my first year and a half, I kind of definitely mentally was getting worn down, worn down. Uh, it's a lonely sport out there. I mean, golf, you don't have a team. Um, so, but I would say after about a year and a half, I, everything started clicking. I started having a lot of fun. I really enjoy the traveling and um, it's definitely, I, I'm right there. And I just, I just hope to, try to take advantage of an opportunity I have coming up. You're right there, bro. And you came on the show, so you're going to win and take off. It's just yeah, how it yeah. works. 
Um, okay. So take us into the, you know, the business side of sports and we're going to get into your diet, like pregame. I love all that stuff. Like what you eat in pregame. Some guys eat a freaking McDonald's burger. Some guys do pasta, but we'll get into that in a second. Talk us about sponsors in golf. Like everyone's got them all over. They have certain clubs, they have certain hats, like take us into the business from people that have no idea about it. You know, how does that work? Are they paying players? Are they giving product? How long are the, the sponsorship deals? You have to win X amount to get those deals. Talk about what you have right now. How does that all work? Um, so it, it all depends. Each player is different. Um, but like at my level, um, really, until you get to the PGA Tour, you're not really gaining that much. You're not really making that much money off sponsors. Um, you're kind of just raising money to to pay for the year because everything's out of pocket. There's no guaranteed uh, um paycheck like if if you go to an event miss the cut you're not getting paid even on the pga tour you're, you're losing your expenses that week so if you paid a thousand dollars for a hotel room and flight i mean you lost two thousand dollars right there if that's on the minimum then you got to pay your caddy so it's it's about trying to raise the funds so that a lot has to do with networking um um and just creating relationships with players uh, with companies and other with people in your community so um i'm fortunate enough to have uh a handful of people that have helped me helped me out in some companies and uh, I've grown from that. So it's like a lot of posting on Instagram and social media, trying to build uh, my reputation and, and finding people that uh, believe in me and uh, want to um, help me out and uh, give me some money to keep pay for my expenses and to keep going week to week. Um, but it, it's all, it's all different. Depends on the person. Um, most of the club, most of the club companies do not, unless you're on tour, you're not really getting paid. You're just getting product. Um, cool thing about Strixon that I like, um, they're the only company that really does it is like if I get a start on tour, they give me incentives and stuff like that. So I, they will give me cash there. But other than that, most companies are just giving product for guys not on PGA Tour. But then and then every other company is just different. It just depends on the player and the situation. Um, but again, like in my age, with where I am right now, it's a lot about building relationships, networking, um, just being nice to people and 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 uh, getting them to believe in you and helping you out and just going from there. I love it, man. That's great. I love the business side of sports. It's such a cool thing for me to always discuss with our guests because it's you know it's a world that they people and men don't even know to even ask about or what it is. I just see Sean on your hat, but it's cool. People love that stuff. I appreciate you sharing. So, all right, you're teeing off at noon. It's a you know, it's a Sunday afternoon. You're going to win whatever tour whatever match whatever it may be take us into the night before the meal the sleep the regiment uh the morning breakfast how many balls you're hitting the process you know from you know pretty much the meal to the to hitting ball to the sleeping to whatever you got to do from the locker room to walking out to the tee box and you fill us in on kind of your your grind your schedule your mindset to get your mind and body and everything ready to roar yeah, I mean, to me, it starts on Monday for the week. I mean, you show up to the event on Monday, uh, get your practice in, get your prep, get your notes, and then um, just get comfortable there. And then, then like, if you go – once you go to the tournament, I mean, like the night before – normally I get done with the round. Um, like on Saturday, I would get done – I'll play, get done the round. I'll go um, – just go to the range and, and just work on my alignment and technique for, like, 15, 20 minutes, just get – some habits maybe I created on the golf course out, then I'll do the same thing with putting. And then I'll uh, go home and try to forget about golf. Um, 
really don't want to think about it, to be honest. Just get your mind relaxed and ready for the next day. Um, dinner just depends where I am. Like down when I was down in South America, I mean, a lot of steak. Don't really want to trust their chicken. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, the go. food down there, it it's good, but it's it's it, you got to be careful what you eat. So, but yeah. I mean, so I'll just wherever I am, I'll eat um, whatever, and then go to bed. Um, then Sunday, if, if it's afternoon tea time, I'll wake up, uh, normally get some breakfast, um, get a quick light workout, stretch kind of in just to get body going. And then, um, and then it's kind of just kill time. I mean, it just depends what I'm in the mood for that week. Uh, then get some lunch, go warm up and play. Um, I, my routine normally is I, I, I like starting my warm up an hour before I play. So I'll, I'll start out on the range, uh, and start with wedge, work my way up through my irons all the way to driver. And then I go back to my wedge and hit that a couple times, get rhythm back. And then I go to the putting green and um, I'll do 50 minutes of, of putting, uh, working on really trying to get my speed dialed in for the day. And then uh, go back, then I'll hit five minutes on some chips just, uh, just to get a good feel for how I'm chipping it that day. And then I go back to the range and, uh, and hit hit about four four whatever I'm hitting off first tee I'll hit four of, and then uh, just walk to the tee and go. I love it. So, All right. Yeah, just try to be pre- predictable. I'm playing tomorrow, so I'm over here taking notes. I'm going to be dialing in on everything for me. And this one, you know, you're a bad golfer. I've gotten better. I've gotten better, Stephen, but. I don't want to get rid of all my good swings on the on the, on the yeah. on the range. Like honestly, that's how I am. I, I become very fatigued playing golf, which is crazy. Like I could be in the best shape of my life football wise, but I'll have a cart and we'll roll nine. And I'm like, can we just go to lunch and go home? Like I I'm done. I'm cooked. I'm tired. Come you on. Walk? You're in better shape than I am. Dude, it has nothing to do with it, man. It fatigues me. Like, I don't know why. Like it's I'm like, am I soft? Like, like after 18 holes, I'm like, I need a nap. But yeah, I mean, maybe if I was walking, it'd be a little bit different, but I don't know. It's a mindset thing. I'm, I'm, try to have fun and and let loose but i'm so competitive with it it's hard not to be but yeah i'm improving i don't want to get rid of my good shots in the course um okay there's got to be some good travel stories especially in your pro career like last minute flights making a tea time by 30 seconds like there has to be some there has to be some you got to lay one on us here before we wrap things up we have one this one question and then we got some rapid fires and we'll let you go we appreciate steven stallin joining us stud future stud on the PGA tour. Cause he joined not for long media and current stud, wherever he's at now, he's on a million different tours balling out. So what do you got yeah. for us? You got to definitely have a travel story. Um, I got a lot of really good ones, but I don't know uh, if they'll uh, really uh, go well on though. They're better off, uh, off the record, but uh, oh, one, okay. The, <laughs> okay. I like those too. When you're in South America, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. It's interesting. I believe it. I believe it. But um, what, the best, can you share? the best story, um, so, uh, this is during COVID, uh, so, uh, long story short is I, um, it was, it was just a Monday. I wasn't even planning. I didn't play the weekend. I didn't have anything. I knew for sure. I wasn't going to have anything for like two weeks. So I kind of took the weekend off, um, kind of doing some housework. My mom had me in town in Florida and, uh, I think I was, I was painting, uh, I was painting like spray painting just like dresser we were putting in the house or something outside and my mom all of a sudden 
come it's like noon and it comes comes running out of the house and she goes you need to call your dad and i was like what she goes you need to go to the dominican so so long story short is uh the pg uh pj tour uh, at the time my dad was kind of acting as my agent and manager a little bit helping out with that stuff um now i have an agent but um by the time my dad was doing so the pga tour called my dad uh where uh I, the dominican republic because of COVID and a lot of europeans uh they either failed the COVID test and uh, or couldn't get into the country so there was a handful of sponsor exemptions that opened up and this is mon noon, noon on monday of the event so like completely out of blue so um so they basically said is like can you get to the dominican in 48 hours and i was like i'm gonna do everything i can and so within uh, the next four hours, I had to get a COVID test. And this is back when COVID tests did not come back quick. So we uh, we called like 30 different spots in my area in Sarasota and Tampa um, to try to get a COVID test to get out that night to get to the event. It was it was crazy. So look, we drove an hour and a half to get a COVID test. And get So I get it back in three hours. I got on a flight and I got in on a flight to uh, Charlotte, not knowing if uh, if the COVID test was going to be negative or positive, I was a little nervous because it was my first COVID test. And uh, sure enough, it was negative. And I slept in Charlotte that night and flew the next thing, uh, next next morning to Punakana and, and played the event. But that was probably the craziest thing because I didn't know anything. And randomly, not even thinking it could happen or knew it was a possibility, I'd call at noon. So on the Monday event, so that was pretty cool. And then I got in the event, had a pretty good, finished 30. And so I had a pretty good week. Uh, Nice payday when I didn't even think uh, I was going to be playing that week. So it was I a fun it was time, good, so. man. That's nothing bad. Like, especially when you show up and you ball out and you get paid, it's always good. But also when you're like on that flight home, you're like, all right, this shit show was worth it. You know, this was worth yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, because of all the COVID stuff and I getting in and like I showed up. I, so I showed up at the airport Tuesday, like in Punakana at 2 p.m. So I was like, and you can't play on Wednesdays um, on the tour because of Pro Am Day. So there's no practice rounds if you're not in the pro-am and i wasn't in the pro-am so i literally got in at two and i show up to try to get my courtesy car and uh, i wasn't even on the list yet so i waited at the airport for two hours to get my courtesy car then i played like three holes of a practice round so i played the course pretty much completely blind on thursday and shot 68 so i just kind of <laughs> crazy how things go i mean i was pretty pretty nervous so that's how it goes man that's how it goes yeah. i got some i have some I have some funny stories that I will tell when my career is over, but until then I will not tell them. Um, things have been going okay, but yes, last minute changes, different things. Um, it's been a quite the journey and it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, I know you're having a blast. I'm having a blast, but it's, it's not easy, yeah. man. And it's not for the faint, you know, hard. You got to be dialed in hundred percent on this thing and you got to be willing to be like, Hey, listen, screw it. I didn't, I played three holes. Right. Or for me, a guy like me, I haven't ran in a week. Here I am in an NFL football, like whatever that may be, you, you just got to strap it up and go and just say, screw it. I'm going to figure it out. Um, so credit to you, man. So that's the worst feeling in pro sports when you don't feel prepared. You know, I, it is a really bad feeling, but I'll say this. I guess I'm always preparing mentally, whether I want to admit it or not. I'm not sitting here saying I'm always visualizing or whatever, but I kind of always am. Like if you're always thinking about something, you always are. And I'm like, I do a lot of stuff to get my mind off it, whether we're, you know, have a couple beers or we're traveling or we're, we don't stop moving, you know, Sid and I, and, but it is a really bad feeling, but I've had a lot of good opportunities like you had at that event. Just be like, screw it. 
I know what I'm doing. I can do this thing. Yeah. Got no, it doesn't better. mean you can't play well, but exactly, exactly. But, but how uh, long and how consistent? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Credit to Which you, man. Training camp. Yeah, exactly, dude. Training camp's coming up here uh, pretty soon, man. So I got my process of getting how I'm getting through it. I'll be training camp end of uh, end of July. So July 26th, we start condition test the first day. Nothing too crazy. Be a good little conditioning test, a little run, a little a little jaunt around. It's not like the old days where you run miles and all that crap. It's just like you know, thirty yard tempo runs. You got to make them in certain times, and it's all about hamstring health and knee health and all that stuff's changed. I've had crazy yeah. conditioning tests over years. Three um, hundreds, just life changing like uh, runs. But I digress, man. Looking forward to the season. It's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a fun one for us in Carolina. I think we have a lot to look forward to. Um, back against the wall, got to win. A lot of players have a lot to prove, so it's gonna be exciting. Who's your NFL team? Bengals, man. You knew Bengals. that. That's right. I did know that. I did know that. Yes. Yeah. So you're at the Super Bowl this year. How was Super Bowl experience? Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, other than the last minute, I mean, that stadium is unbelievable. It's the coolest thing I've ever been in my life. I was so yeah. nervous though, leading up to the whole day. I'm, I don't think I've been that nervous in my life. I was shaking. I woke up for. And the game, I don't remember what time the game was out there. Like, what is it, 3, 4 o'clock probably? It was earlier there. Yeah, I completely forgot. I don't know why I forgot. Yeah. Know, that's true. I think it's normally at 6, so it was like 3 o'clock. I was shaking the whole day. I was like, we were sitting. Uh, we went, got to the game like an hour and a half early, and I was like, I was leaving for a tournament to Mexico the next day, so I was like, I didn't want to really, like, wasn't really trying to drink, but I was going to have a couple beers, and then, like, the first 30 minutes, I, like, drank the beer, and I'm like, man, I'm drinking this way too fast. Yeah. That's I need to point, slow. Man. I need to slow down. I was so nervous. Sometimes you just got to strap it up and say, oh, "Whatever, I'll figure it out tomorrow." Yeah, but yeah. you got to get it. Super Bowl. What a great Super Bowl! You know, it's crazy, man. The Bengals were right there, really right there. Yeah, Not, I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, you got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. I mean, watching LSU, then played LSU, being because my dad went to LSU. I mean, it's pretty exciting stuff, and they're very, to me, I, they're likable guys. So. uh Pretty excited because we've had a lot of shitty years as Bengals fans. I've only heard good things about those two guys. I mean, I hear good things about ninety nine percent of the NFL. Yeah, I mean the the Bengals, man, they're rolling. We play them this year. We play them in Cincinnati. We do. You guys got to come up if you're not golfing, man. I, if you're well, not I won't. I'll be in Florida, but my dad. I mean, I might come. Uh, when do y'all play? You know when you play the Bucks yet? We play the Bucks in Tampa New Year's Day. I believe. So. Maybe we can hit that up. Well, maybe we'll that's what, up. I mean, I'm in Bra I'm in Bradenton, so it's Love 50 it minutes to the stadium. So. Love it there. Love it there. Is that near IMG? Yeah, it's uh, it's same town, but I'm like probably 30 minutes away. I'm more inland. Okay. Well, there's a little place in the water there that me and Fred, this is great radio and podcasting, by the way. There's a little bar and restaurant there on the bridge, like heading to the beach like a little shack fish shack on the left-hand side to get like a fish sandwich and a beer. I don't know what it's called, but it's fantastic. Sydney played a cross tournament there. There was like three or four lightning delays. So Fred and I grabbed a beer and fish sandwich there. So check it out. I'll look it up when we're done here. This is not All good. Right. Whatever. This is I'll great. Look. This is how I want it to be anyways. How would you like being about that? What, what do you like being down there for? I mean, obviously the golf and all that's tremendous, but being in Florida is, I mean, I love it, man. I, I could live there tomorrow if, if we could. Um, I don't like the cold weather. I hate it. Kentucky gets too cold in the winter, so I can practice more golf in the winter. And uh, I just, I just fell in love with it because it's kind of close. It's kind of like home in West West Florida, where it's not hectic and 
traffic's not like horrendous like it is over on the east coast of miami um orlando yeah. so i don't know i just kind of like there and it's i kind of i mean i don't know i haven't lived in louisville really in so long because i was in college and then after college and moving to florida so i mean i just like being away from home a little bit um and i really just enjoy the the weather and uh just being in florida really yeah, you create your own life and being in Florida is great. The weather, just the opportunity, like, oh, we're going to go to the beach today. Our friend's got a boat. We're going here. You know, I just love that. I, I You know, I I was homesick my first year there. But, man, once I got settled in, I'm like, I'm good. I'll see you guys later. You know, like, I I regret being homesick because it was like, ah, home's great. Don't get me wrong. We're, you know, you and I are fortunate to be from similar areas and great places. But, no, Florida's the move. Florida's the move for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to experience a winter ever again. <laughs> oh man, no. Keep playing golf, bro. You'll be good. You can keep paying to live anywhere yeah. you want. You beat you and Dustin and Paulina and the gang will all be, you know, down at Jupiter together hanging out. You'll all be neighbors. And yeah. I'll be that guy on the boat. I think I'll, by. I'll be parking my boat, docking my boat right out behind your house. I love it. That's the plan. See, that's what happens when you come on not for Lone Media. We yeah. make plans. Now you got goals. I'm making plans for you. I haven't even seen you in five years. There we go. Yeah. All right. We need to make that happen. But we will make it happen. Okay, let's do some rapid-fire questions and we'll wrap things up with Stephen Sawings. All right, best golfer of all time? Tiger Woods. Who's second? Jack Nicklaus. Okay. Your favorite personal golfer to watch? So right now or all time? Sure, both. Um, Tiger all time. Right now, Justin Thomas. Why JT? Um, because he's probably, the, to me, in my opinion, he's the best shot shaper out there right now. Like, if you need a shot hit, you want him hitting it. You don't want anybody else. I mean, if you want a, if you want 17 hit greens hit out of 18, then you go with, like, Will Salatoris. But Justin can hit any shot right now, and he's by far better than anybody else doing it. I put pregame meal on here. This was done earlier, but pregame meal. What's your ideal, like, pregame breakfast or meal before you go out? Breakfast, uh, normally like eggs, sausage, omelet. No, well, actually, probably an omelet with about everything on it. Um, that's probably breakfast. Uh, just like the night before meal, if I could choose, probably uh, probably tacos. Wow. Some sort of Mexican. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Favorite moment in Kentucky as a student athlete? Could be playing, could be watching events, could be whatever it may be. Favorite moment. So. Um, I would say uh, my favorite moment was probably uh, Aaron Harrison uh, hitting the shot against Michigan and Wisconsin in the tournament. Uh, to uh, and, and he did it actually three games in a row. He did it Louisville, Michigan, and Wisconsin my freshman year. And I, we were in Lexington all three of those weekends, and it was crazy. Love that. Do anything Love. to live that month again. As long well, as only <laughs> if they would have beat UConn in the championship, it would have been it would have been special. Your freshman year, what year was that? 2000. 2014. Spring. 14. Yep. That's some good years of college basketball. I mean, they're all really good, but okay. What ball are you hitting and why? Uh, um, Strixon uh, XV, uh, Z Star XV, uh, because I, I think it's the best ball. It fights through the wind a little bit better. Um, uh, it's firmer. Uh, it's a little bit firmer than most other balls, and I like that with my swing speed. So I can maximize my distance with my driver, but it's also got the softness where I can spin a chip shot and stuff like that. So 
looks like I'll be buying those the other day. I need all the help I can get. Um, yeah. Hole in one. Do you have any? I have uh, four. Four. So, wow. Yeah. Can you tell me where they all were? Uh, like seventh grade at long, a public course in Louisville long run. Okay. On I don't. It's like the eighth hole, and then I had uh, had three in a three month stretch. Uh, this past winter, I had it one in uh, I had like two in November at uh, the course I live on, uh, Lakewood National, and then um, then I had one in the practice round at the Amex. So that was kind of cool. So that is sweet hitting the practice round. Probably the talk of the course that day. Yeah. There wasn't like it was weird because there were the only people there really were it was kind of later in the evening and um there it was really only my caddy and i got in late because that was another scenario i didn't get the call on monday at noon so i uh i was like the only one on the course and it was my caddy and there was like probably 15 volunteers and no one really knew what happened because they weren't paying that much attention they just heard the clang it like flew right in didn't didn't make a mark on the grass it was it was pretty cool you dunked it yeah keep building that callus man like those tournaments are showing up late and all that stuff like i don't need to tell you this but that's stuff you rely on later and there's crazy stories man i I got a call just a quick one where you wrapped up my my story is it is i just finished giants mini camp i didn't they didn't resign me this is like when i was second or third year playing pro i was on my parents couch literally on their couch trying to take a nap uh just been training all week and just grinding a little bit and my agent said if you don't get a call from me by um by friday or thursday or a wednesday excuse me you're not going to a, a mini camp this weekend there's like a rookie mini camp season right after the draft every year this is like my third year out so the third draft year i guess be like 2020 2019 probably 20 yeah 20 so whatever I'm going to, I just finished up with the Giants, four or five days past, no call. So I'm sitting on my parents' couch this Thursday. My phone starts to ring. It's my agent. Hey, you could be going to New Orleans here. We don't think it's going to happen, but you could be going to New Orleans this weekend. I'm like, what? He's like, let me call you back. They're calling me. Calls me back. He's like, dude, you're going to New Orleans. I'm like, what? I'm going to New Orleans. The camp starts in now. The camp's starting in New Orleans right now. Like, they have a meeting tonight at 5. It's 5 o'clock Eastern time. I'm in Pennsylvania. We got no time to talk. We got to get you on the first flight. They're going to call you from New Orleans right now. You're going to New Orleans. Pack your bags. Someone felt a physical and you're going in behind him. Okay, here we go. So I called my dad who was, you know, out and I said, dad, I need a ride to Newark airport. He's like, what? I'm like, I need a ride to Newark airport. I'm going to New Orleans. Like, I'll call you back. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll come get you. So he picks me up. We go to New Orleans. I run through the airport. We go to Newark airport. which is like an hour and a half from my house. We made it like in an hour and we took, I took off. I mean, it was, I was soaked on that plane from running, like literally sprinting through the airport. I was like sore when I was on the plane. I got up off the plane. I was so tight from like sitting on the plane for three hours. I was like trying to stand up in the back of the plane and stretch and all this crazy shit, like literally not ready to go. I didn't get the offensive playbook until the following morning. They already did a whole offensive install. I had to learn the. So I got to the special teams meeting like 10 minutes before it. And I taught myself the offense in 10 minutes. Thank God. There was a lot of, I didn't teach the whole thing, right? Just the stuff that we're doing that day. It's not a lot. It's a two hour practice. That's impressive. Those dude, playbooks I, look fucking. Dude, they're not. They're thick, they're thick now. But again, it had a lot of similar terms that I've been in before. So I'm like, okay, I know this, know that. Now, if I went to another system, I would have been. There's no way, and I, I'm not going to name teams, but there's similar systems that are different than that I know. And you know, I've been in this, this one for about five years now. I I don't know the exact terms they use, but I can kind of ballpark what, what they want. 
And I sat there like 10 minutes before and I just ripped right through the thing. I'm like, okay, good. I know the script. Dan Campbell's a tight end coach, one of the best in the league. He's now the head coach of the Lions. And uh, yeah, boom, had it like the, literally the mini cab of my life, made plays everywhere. And I was, I ended up staying and missing a couple of flights because the Saints were going to, said they were going to possibly sign me. So I stayed, missed flight, missed flight, missed flight. And then they did not sign me, which is, you know, fine. It's how the business goes. That, that stuff happens. But yeah, ended up doing really well in New Orleans and, you know, made a name kind of for myself that weekend for the couple of coaches that I've kind of been in contact with now too. So that's my crazy uh, moment, like literally in the middle of the nap, making plans for the weekend. Actually, we were going to go to Jersey and watch Iration and a reggae band. We end up booking the VRBO or the Airbnb like three, four hours before I took the nap because I knew I didn't get a call from my agent. I'm done. So for the kids out there, it's not all perfect. The stuff you see on TV of these guys hitting the ball and all this great stuff and a bunch of guys making tackles and all these plays. Uh, there's always a grind before it. So I know you've been For through sure. the grind. A lot, keep a lot going on behind the scenes. Thank you. You too. I appreciate you coming on, man. It was good talking a little bit of everything. I wanted to get your opinion on the live stuff and the PGA Tour stuff. But Stephen Stallings, keep balling, man. We look forward to watching you, um, you know, throughout your whole career. And since you've been on Offer Long Media, like I said, you're going to be a PGA Tour stud and veteran now. So thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Enjoyed it.